1: Happy Monday, Bengals fans! Welcome to another week, another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast, Mock Draft Monday. But before we get started, crazy news: the Bengals traded for Josh Rosen.
0: <laughs> this is crazy, man!
1: They traded two second-round picks this year's and next year's for Josh Rosen. Got a pretty good deal,
0: I'd say. A franchise quarterback, young, low cap it. Let's do it, man! I'm excited
1: yeah they get to continue to spend their first round pick on another position
0: yeah any position now you pick whatever you want you, for all you linebacker lovers go get any linebacker I don't care we are set let's go should we tell them yeah i hope I hope that
1: tricked like one of you in the information age it's impossible to pull an April Fool's joke like that but you know we had to we had to play with you
0: try something.
1: So quarterback's still on the board in the first round because that was the lockdown Bengals April Fool's prank.
0: It didn't get anyone.
1: Maybe one person. If we got you, which that we was. didn't, <laughs> admit it. Own up to your shame. So Bengals.com has a mock draft roundup. We haven't done this in a while just to talk about who uh, some of the major outlets are mocking to the Bengals around the NFL right now. Uh, quite a few analysts have Devin Bush. That's the most frequent Bengals projection at the 11th pick right now. Bucky Brooks of, the N- of NFL.com, Charles Davis of NFL.com, Mel Kuyper, Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports, Matt Miller of Bleacher Report, and Sean Wagner mcgow of CBS Sports. All I have on the Devin, Devin Bush, Bush train. right
0: now, also. On the what would they do? Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Rashawn, what would you Gary.
0: say? As of right now, what would you say they you would think they would do?
1: Yeah, it's hard to argue. It's not what I want them to do because of my feelings on Devin Bush generally and my feelings on positional value.
0: Yep. And uh, I I think White's going to be gone and I think Oliver's going to be gone.
1: The other thing I would say is it it might be
0: Rashawn Gary if he's there. Sure. I still think there is a chance for a tackle. I just think tackle depresses me and bums me out a little bit because I don't think they walk into a starting spot. Or if they do, then you wasted a lot of money in free agency.
1: Yeah, I think the tackle is certainly lower on the list of likely outcomes at this point because of the moves, especially the plan to play them at guard and then move them to tackle in year two isn't really there anymore either with, with John Miller on the roster.
0: Right, and that's why, you know, I've kind of gone away from it. Yeah.
1: Around the NFL, also Rashawn Gary is mocked to the Bengals by a couple of writers, Nate Davis of USA Today, Jared Dubin of CBS Sports. Brian Burns, mocked to the Bengals by Danny Kelly of The Ringer.
0: This so- is the most fun one to me, to be honest, Danny Ke- Danny Kelly's pick of Brian Burns. Just because I really, really like Brian Burns, uh, I think he's a freak athlete, plus being 6'5", and, and you know, so he's got the size to be in every down type guy. It'd be just really fun to have he and Lawson on the edge, and maybe Dunlap kicks inside, and it's Dunlap and Atkins and Nickel. I just think that's... You know if you want to get a defensive end i'm more excited by burns and sweat or Rashawn gary
1: yeah i think that there's probably more projection with Rashawn gary especially when you talk about a nickel inside rusher yeah but you're really project like he has a he has the athleticism for sure but he hasn't had the production and that's a flag peter schrager of nfl network has the bengals going with cody ford offensive tackle oklahoma i i really don't see Cody Ford happening at this point unless they're very high on him. That's one of the ones that I don't think makes a ton of sense to me just because of of the athleticism. But yeah. I mean, he's also
0: probably Jim Taylor's kind of right tackle. You know what tackles make sense to me? Yeah, Turner. Is if they can play a left or right tackle. And I don't think Ford is a left tackle. And I say that because cordy Glenn's had so many injury issues in his past that if you're going to take a guy and say, well, we're either going to make him a swing tackle and as a rookie or we're going to put Bobby Hart as a swing guy. Bobby Hart hasn't played left tackle either. So you will – for me, it's like Andre Dillard and Jonah Williams make a lot of sense where I'm not sure Jawan Taylor and Cody Ford make sense if that is the logic they're also using. Yeah. Although some people think that Jawan Taylor can play left tackle. And I think he did actually uh, two years ago. But I think he was definitely way better at right tackle.
1: Yeah uh chris chapasso cbs sports i think he's been on dwayne haskins to the bengals for a couple weeks now and he still is there are a couple of mocks popping up around the internet now with dwayne haskins the bengals trading up a couple spots taking a quarterback
0: and that's how chris has him going up number nine with buffalo swapping i want to say giving up a third to move up two spots if i remember correctly I think and so. taking taking the quarterback.
1: Because when it's only two spots in the first round, it doesn't take quite as much when you get to like yeah. the later part of the top ten. If they're trying to move yep. up into the top five, that's when it got, starts to get probably prohibitively expensive for the Bengals. Like yeah, they're, if you they're look, not doing it.
0: I want to say the Bills went up last year from twelve to seven, and the Cardinals went up to ten to take Rosen from fifteen. So they they each moved up a handful of spots. Mm-hmm.
1: Vinny Iyer the Sporting News has TJ Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa. This is one that I don't think either of us mind. We've picked him a couple times. Uh, he can probably make an early impact, especially as rookie yeah. tight ends go in the NFL where that is uncommon because he is so refined and productive as a blocker in addition yeah. to a pass catcher.
0: And someone asked me today, uh, who do I compare him to, pro, pro comparison for TJ Hawkinson? And I said, Travis Kelsey, kind of. But I think he is a more consistent blocker, even though Kelsey's been a really good blocker. But Kelsey seems more like a knucklehead than I definitely would put on um, Hawkinson. But I, I also said, maybe a more athletic Jason Witten. and But either of those guys. Tell me you wouldn't take one of those yeah. guys at 11, right? So Two Hall of
1: Fame that. type careers. What about sure. Kelsey, the other Iowa guy? Or not Kelsey, no, Kittle.
0: Noah Fant. Oh yeah, but Kittle to me um, did not because he didn't have the production, and I think Kittle is more of a freak athlete. Yeah, in in college. Okay. Uh, so it's hard for me to to compare. Uh, because I think Kittle is is a freak. Honestly, I think Noah Fant it reminds me a little bit more of Kittle. Kittle's a right now. Kittle is the best blocking tight end and mixed with best receiving tight end yep. in the NFL. He is he's the prototype. So it's hard for me to compare him.
1: There have been some comparables for Noah Fant popping up in the last week for Jared Cook, which I appreciate as a comparison for him. Yeah, I can see that.
0: And I like OJ Howard also as a comparison. They're just freak type guys sure. that can do, do it mm-hmm. all, really.
1: The next, there's a couple more here. DK Metcalf is mocked to the Bengals by Dan Kadar of SB Nations mocking the draft. I also can't really imagine a world in which they pick DK Metcalf with number 11. I think that. The the physical traits obviously off the charts. I think that if they're going to pick a receiver top top eleven again, he's he's gonna have to be
0: more of a slam dunk, I think, than DK Metcalf is right now. And I think if you're gonna do that, then every position needs to be on the table from corner to quarterback to except for running back. Um to tight end, even. I you know, if we're getting there and we're taking DK Metcalf over Noah Fan, I think we got a problem. I think we're looking at this really wrong and because in my mind you're taking metcalf because he's a freak and he'll upgrade at, at the number one receiver position if you let aj green go but i would say fant is even more of a freak and gives you stability at tight end for the future yeah uh the next one
1: is from bleacher report ryan mccrystal he says kyler murray he says everywhere you look pundits are speculating that kyler murray is headed to arizona with the number one pick But he notes that the NFL draft is wildly unpredictable, so no one should rule out this scenario. This was before, I believe, the, the owners' meetings in the NFL when Kingsbury was very effusive about Kyler Murray and Benjamin Albright said write it in pen. Yep. I think you can safely take Kyler Murray off the range of possibilities for the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. Uh Christopher Knox at Bleacher Report has Jawan Taylor, and wrapping it up, a couple of CBS sports writers, Pete Prisco and RJ Wright, have Jonah Williams. So a couple tackles there to round it out. So really all the tackles, Jonah Williams, Cody Ford, Jawan Taylor, all in the mix. No defensive tackles in this round ra- in this roundup. Uh, I have seen Ed Oliver, I think, somewhere besides this podcast. I have. Yeah. And I know Jeff Jeff Hobson has written a lot about Christian Wilkins.
0: And a lot of – it's funny because I've seen Bills fans and Broncos fans talk about Christian Wilkins. I've seen Broncos fans uh, talk about a lot of the same prospects the Bengals uh, analysts are in on.
1: Yeah. The Broncos and Bills are in good position to punch the Bengals in the stomach a couple times in the draft the way Detroit did last year. That's right. So that's what's going around around the internet today. We are going to go into a fan speak mock draft and we are going to try to use those six round picks to move up.
0: Yeah, we are going to, that's the goal for this one uh, to make it a little bit different is we have the, the capital, we have the draft picks. We don't want to spend all 11 picks. We don't want to spend five, six rounders because really they're not worth much. Let's try and use them, especially try and move up. Second round, there's usually a a run on players we want. I've seen the same happen in third and fourth round. So whenever we reset the board and and reset the round, we're going to look at that before we hit the the start button, and we're going to say, okay, we want Dalton Reisner. Let's move up and get him.
1: So without further ado, Joe, are you ready to mock draft your Monday? I'm ready to go. All right. So we let the draft board roll here and Williams, Jonah Williams, Devin White, Kyler Murray, Ed Oliver, all gone. So we're... Fan
0: also, number 10 to the Broncos.
1: Indeed. So we're sitting here staring at Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State, and thinking, is it time to pick a new quarterback?
0: The rest of the board, Rashawn Gary, Brian Burns, Jawan Taylor, TJ Hawkinson, I guess you could say Devin Bush, and... Uh, Christian Wilkins, Andre Dillard. Mm-hmm. Anyone else you're considering? Maybe Cody Ford. I'm. I think ta- I, we talked about this when we were doing the roundup. I'm not
1: really considering Cody Ford at eleven.
0: I'd way rather have Jawan Taylor.
1: If we're picking a tackle, it's Jawan Taylor here.
0: I'd rather have Andre Dillard, I
1: think too. So than than Jawan Taylor.
0: No, I'd rather have Dillard than Cody Ford.
1: I agree. I am not really on Rashawn Gary or Christian Wilkins, but I think this is where it gets really interesting for the Bengals is if they have to pick between Dwayne Haskins and Rashawn Gary, who I think they like, which way do they go? And are we doing a, what would they do or what should
0: they do today? It's hard, man. It's hard for me to ever pick. What would they do? Because I, that we're in unknown territory with a new coaching staff and it's all, we're not really getting much hints. We're not even getting as much information as we used to in terms of, their top 30 visits or pro day visits. I mean, this used to be much, I I keep track of this stuff and I'm way behind on what we normally would have Mm -hmm. on April 1st.
1: So let's talk about the merits of drafting Dwayne Haskins versus like a Brian Burns or Rashawn Gary. Sure. Dwayne Haskins is a guy who can come in and run a system. He might need development time. He has some accuracy issues throwing outside the numbers. He's very good. In the middle of the field, I think, in terms of accuracy, rhythm, anticipation, very good, generally, pre-snap within the structure of the play. Sounds like he would fit with what we think Zach Taylor is going to be implementing on offense and be a cost-effective replacement to Andy Dalton, maybe after a year of seasoning. And we know Andy Dalton at this point, barring something very unforeseen, is going to be the quarterback in 2019.
0: Yeah, and that's fine. Many believe that Haskins could use the year to sit. he's 21 years old. He only has one year of starting experience. And even in that one year, the offense for Ohio State was evolving to try and match what he could do, and he was evolving and growing as the offense did too. So you find his best work in the the final four games or so of the season. And even in those games, you see what he is, and that is – He's a he's a conservative thrower. He's not going to force any passes. He's not going to make too many big mistakes. But he's not going to make a lot of big game-changing throws either. And I know he was extremely productive. The production scores are, are through the roof for for one year of starting. Also, I would say that if you can sit him for a year and you get him win this system and he you know fully embraces it the way you you would, you would expect the number eleven pick to, you come out in 2020 and he's your quarterback. And yeah, that means he sits for a year. But if things go as they've gone the last three years and, or even if Dalton gets hurt, you plug them in and you try and get them a two, three, four games of playing at the end of 2019. So for me, if you think Haskins even has a chance of being a franchise quarterback, you pull the trigger here. We've already gotten Mike Brown saying it's going to take a career year out of Andy Dalton for us to, you know, uh, and those aren't the exact words, but if they need to see Andy Dalton play like he did in 2015 for them to extend him. So at this point, our eyes are on quarterback. Now, if, if the discussion is Rashawn Gary versus Brian Burns, in my opinion, if you're going with defensive and defensive line, because value-wise, position value-wise, those would be next after quarterback, I would say I would definitely take Burns. We talked about him a, a minute ago. Gary, for me, the production isn't there. He tested like a freak. He's his own agent and starting his own agency firm, so I don't know how you, believe, uh, how you feel about that. Hmm. It kind of makes me question him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, Drafting freak big guys that were high recruits tends to work out even if they end up don't being superstars. He may end up being um, a Cameron Jordan for the Saints, and that's okay. That's a good. That's a very good player. Uh, I think his production was even lower than Cameron Jordan coming out of Cal, so it may not be an exact comparison. For me, Gary, I mean Brian Burns, I'm sorry, looks like. Khalil Mack. Honestly, I think I would have him as a top five player in this draft. And if you're drafting a Khalil Mack, then you're going to take him no matter what need it is. And in two years, he's one of your stud defensive ends and a franchise cornerstone. So I would definitely have Burns over Gary in this scenario.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I I think that I also have Burns ahead of Gary. I just, I wonder if the Bengals would even consider Burns here instead of Dwayne Haskins, instead of a tackle, instead of Christian Wilkins, even Devin Bush. I I think that if the Bengals are sitting here looking at this board, they're probably taking Devin Bush, but I think Dwayne Haskins being there really muddies the
0: waters. I think so. And I think we also have to consider still, we've talked TJ Hawkinson at length, uh, and tackles that are still on the board in, in terms of Taylor Dillard and Cody Ford, because, um, it could still happen. If we're taking a quarterback that's going to sit a year, well, then we should think about a tight end that'll sit for most of the year or a tackle that'll sit for most of the year. Yeah. And because that's the same logic. Well, let's go
1: with Dwayne Haskins here. Hey, and, and see, well, what well, what I'm kind of thinking is as we approach it is let's see what happens in the rest of the first round and see if we can move up then if to we need to
0: or a linebacker.
1: Yeah. Watch the tackles, watch the linebackers at the end of the first round and see if we need to move up.
0: Yeah. Because we haven't done a mock yet where we taken Haskins. I don't think we have. I don't think we have either. And we'll so let's we'll, do it. We'll go Haskins here. And I, I said this right before, but um, a source told me the other day, last week, and I don't know if I did say this on, on air or not, but that the team that he's. Um, how do I phrase this? The team that he gets information from or one of the teams he gets information from, they do their mock drafts. Every team has their mocks on their board in their draft room right now. And they, they've they got a bu- a few mocks. And it's to give them an idea who's going to be available when they're on the board. And he just gave me a heads up of, hey, this team keeps putting the Bengals and Dwayne Haskins together at 11. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you for that. And so that's why we're at least entertaining the idea and the, the merit of uh, that could potentially be the, the, the pick at 11. There we go. Dwayne Haskins is a pick
1: at 11. And the other thing that we didn't really talk about there is, what about trading back? So if if he's not your guy, if, if you don't think Dwayne Haskins is a franchise quarterback and you're sitting on the board at 11 and you're looking at trading back, we're, we're thinking if you're the Bengals, you probably don't want to move back necessarily to the end of the first round. You still want to find that, premier talent and this draft yeah. doesn't necessarily have 30 players of top 15 talent right and you never do so if you're looking at moving back and you're looking at who's left on your board you're saying well maybe you'd want to move back to 15 16 and pick up you know maybe a second
0: round pick if you're lucky sure and that's what i was thinking if you can go back to if we just we listed about six or seven guys we'd still be interested in with that pick at 11 so if we could have Uh, moved up just a little bit, then I would have been interested. I'm I'm looking at the last year's to move up to number 10 for the Cardinals to go get Rosen. Uh, They traded with the Raiders. They gave them – the Raiders gave a third and got back a fifth for that trade. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. That was the other way around. The card. What I meant to say was the Cardinals gave up a third and fifth to move up from 15 to 10. I was reading that incorrectly. So we would have potentially
1: been able to add a third and fifth round pick to move back four or five four or five places in the draft. And if you look like, let's say we move back to 16, there's still the opportunity there to take, and the way this went, Devin Bush, Brian Burns,
0: Christian Wilkins, yeah. Juwan Taylor. Yeah, we're looking at the board right now. The 16, 17, and 19 were Juwan Taylor, Brian Burns, Devin Bush. Mm-hmm.
1: Christian Wilkins went 21 to Seattle. Andre Dillard, an offensive tackle we talked about, 22 to Baltimore. Who else is interesting here? Jeffrey Simmons goes 27. TJ Hawkinson goes 30 to Green Bay. And Irv Smith, 32. Does that mean Noah Fant is still on the board?
0: No, Noah Fant went number 10.
1: He went number 10. Okay. so All All
0: three of the top tight ends went in the first round.
1: So the tight ends are gone. And there's one linebacker left that you're kind of thinking is part of that second tier and, and Mac Wilson.
0: He may so, be the only second tier linebacker.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of where we're looking. That's where I'm looking right away. Yeah. Where's we, he on the board? So we got an idea before we start round two. Right. So let's just reset the board really quick. There's quite a bit of wide receiver talent left in this version of the mock draft. AJ Brown, Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler, who we've taken in the second round before. I expect this to happen. There will be receivers there. Yes. Dexter Lawrence is the other defensive tackle from Clemson that's been linked to the Bengals a little bit. Not saying that that's my my target here, but that is... Nose tackle. Yep, nose tackle. Draymond Jones, defensive tackle from Ohio State, more of a rush tackle. If you still Mm. want an offensive lineman, Yanni Kajust looks like the next best available offensive tackle. Chuma Adoga's there for maybe a third-round kind of guy.
0: Where is Jerry Tillery? Did he go? Did I not see him go?
1: And Jerry Tillery is attack, still available. So Notre that's, Dame. Yeah. So that's okay. another one. I think Jerry Tillery is actually probably the best available interior defensive lineman
0: of these guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Cause he, he tested pretty well, right. And actually absolutely has a production was part of a very good defense in yep. Notre Dame, very
0: good pass rusher solid against the run. My only problem with him is his height and it hasn't affected him. I understand that, but when you see these six, five and, and plus defensive tackles, that's just a big target for guards to get their hands on, and a lot of times it affects them negatively. I mean, I can think off the top of my head, Rashid Hagman and, and guys like that that have come out, and their height is just a, becomes a negative as a pass rusher.
1: And on the other hand, the Bengals have Geno Atkins and... and they could use some height. <laughs> and Andrew Billings, both of right. whom aren't the tallest guys. Yep, we talked about attack. that
0: lacking the vision inside, and they've definitely had that.
1: So the only question here for me is, are we looking to trade up for anybody? Is there anybody that we don't want to miss here? And is that is that maybe Mac Wilson? Do we want to make sure we get one of these
0: linebackers? I am struggling with it because uh, I would trade up and take Mac Wilson. I mean, we're talking about adding an athlete, a guy that's better in coverage, play weak side, press, um, Preston Brown will be your middle guy, and Vigil will be your Sam, and those will be your linebackers. That doesn't sound terrible for getting – Someone who was considered a first-round pick for most of this process and I think has cooled a little bit after he didn't test as well as, he, as many thought he would. And, and despite him not having
1: tested the best, he does look like an athlete on tape. He looks comfortable, and he played in a very professional system in Alabama in a, in a defense defensive system that, that churns out NFL players. So looking at the next few teams on the board – there are some teams that could target linebacker here, Denver being one of them, Tampa being the other. So I'm thinking, let's see what it takes. And and what we are looking at is trading
0: with Jacksonville at this point to move up five spots. And in doing so, offering a fifth and our first sixth round pick, which is 10th overall in over the sixth round. So trying to see if they'll take a, a couple uh, day three picks.
1: And Jacksonville actually does accept the offer of the fifth round pick and our first sixth round pick, which actually does add up to on the trade value chart, moving from uh, pick 42 to pick 38 is about a difference of 40, 50 points. And that's what the sixth and fifth round picks that we offered do amount to. And we're going to go ahead and take
0: our target in Mac Wilson here. And I don't love Mack Wilson. It's a reason why he's still there in the second round. I think a lot of people have have come to the same um, understanding. The testing is the worst part because on tape, he looks athletic. I remember the talk of him. They weren't sure if he was going to play safety, which linebacker spot for Alabama. Uh, And he has had his moments of really – bright play and a lot of Alabama linebackers look this way. Uh, I wish he was a little bit better against the run. I wish he was willing to take on blockers a little bit better, but he's a weak side guy all the way. And that's fine. That's what the Bengals need most right now. And, I just wish he tested better because if you look at it, everything is either average or below average for him, 6'1", 240, ran a four seven one, which is okay. That's a little bit above average for a linebacker. Uh, but his 20-yard his split wasn't great. 10-yard split was really good. Vertical was really poor, 32 at, at the combine, 33 at the pro day. Uh, improved his, his broad jump at his pro day, but still just in the barely above average range. And then his shuttle was way below average. I mean, poor, poor, a 4-5 flat. Three cone was – dead even at average at a seven two and what
1: does the uh shuttle versus the cone tell us about a linebacker joe
0: it's still both of them are change of direction drills uh one's a little bit longer than the other i would say it, all it really shows you is um is maybe lower body flexibility between hip flexibility the three cone more low lower body where shuttle may be more hip gotcha so we do go Mac Wilson there. We
1: know that the Bengals need a linebacker, and there is, despite there being some things you don't love about Mac Wilson, he comes from a good system. He's shown the ability to play in coverage at a more, I would say, NFL weight than some of the other guys that we would consider maybe
0: in the third round if it's a Blake Cashman type. And if you look at him in terms of Alabama linebackers, he's not the Reggie Raglan. He's not even the Rashawn Evans. He's not the Rolanda McClain. He's more of the C.J. Mosley type. And Mosley was a very similar size, a 6'2", 234. Um, Mosley was a better athlete in terms of the vit- vertical and broad jump, showing explosion. Three-cone was a 7'3", so very similar to, uh, to um Mac Wilson, I'm sorry, in a 4-4 flat where Mack Wilson had a 4-5 flat. So very similar type athletes and I think could have a similar career. And then that's saying a lot because Mosley just got paid a ton of money for agency. But Mosley was a little overrated by a lot of people.
1: He was also a first-round pick, right? He was a late yeah. first-round pick that year. Uh, just looking at the next few to go off the board, Dexter Lawrence goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks, Hakeem Butler to the Buffalo Bills, Yanni Kajust. To the Jacksonville Jaguars, Paris Campbell to the Detroit Lions are the next interesting picks out of the next five or so. We'll let it continue to roll here. As we wrap up the second round, Draymond right. Jones, somebody yep, we were looking really at. That's just what I was going to say. Jerry Tillery also. to Cleveland Browns. Jerry Tillery goes at 21 the in the Eagles, second round. The man. Eagles, man. Like they need more. <laughs> Stack it up. DK Metcalf finally comes off the board. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't uh, notice that he was still there. Yeah. Round two, pick 22 to the Houston Texans, which would be a precipitous fall for him.
0: But yeah, on the Texans. So what other linebackers went between? I just saw Jermaine Pratt was there. Is there any other linebacker that went? Trey Lamar. Okay. So two but, linebackers back to back at the end of the second round. But
1: as we talked about, there's a pretty big fall off, right? So there once is. Mack yeah. Wilson is gone, you wouldn't expect there to be another linebacker. You don't. Nobody's going to panic and pick Jermaine Pratt right away. Right. There's a sizable gap
0: the, yeah. between the first and second tier, which is Bush and White to Mac Wilson. And then there's a sizable gap, maybe even a bigger gap, from Mac Wilson to the next tier.
1: Indeed. And the next quarterback to go is actually Drew Lock to the Patriots, of course, at 224. And They've that,
0: taken a quarterback in the second round, I think, every time we've done this.
1: Yeah, I think that that is a popular idea. I mean, every year... Greer. Every year, Tom Brady is, you know, still around. They're still looking at a quarterback, right? A, they've gotten great value out of trading their backup quarterbacks. And B, Tom Brady is going to retire at some point. in the future. So that will wrap up our second round. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going the distance into the sixth round today. And we're going to try to trade some of those picks. But we'll be back after a break and see how the rest of the draft plays out.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals podcast. It is Mock Draft Monday. Our first two rounds, we've taken Dwayne Haskins and then Mac Wilson. We traded up a few spots to get Wilson. Now we're in the third round. We're on the clock. Uh, we let the first 10 picks go or so. We're actually we're picking like ninth right now, aren't we? Eighth. Uh, we let those first seven picks go. And really wasn't somebody we wanted to trade up and move up for especially now that we don't have a fifth-round pick and we're down one sixth-round pick. I think if we trade up again, it'll probably be in the fourth or fifth round to get back in that range. So as we're sitting on the clock, we're looking at it, and there's a few guys we discussed and looked at here from safety, uh, Juan Thornhill, corners, linebackers. We already took a linebacker. The other guy I think we we really considered here was Chase Winovich, defensive end from Michigan. Winovich has had a great offseason in terms of – pro day and and work out the combine and really once people dove back in the tape they could see he flashed really arguably much more than Rashawn Gary did and I think a lot of people like Winovich especially in the third round as a speed edge rusher we're not going to go that direction we're going to look at offensive tackle and look at the few guys that I think really this scenario so far this this mock could is is a plausible scenario and and Looking at it in the third round, the Bengals haven't taken a tackle yet. This gives them a developmental guy, a swing tackle guy. The best ones on the board for us are Chuma Adoga out of USC, Titus Howard out of Alabama State, who we've drafted before, and Max Sharping out of Northern Illinois, who we've drafted also, I believe, last week. So, again, we're dipping in the offensive tackle in the third round. And, Jake, where are we going? We're going to go Chuma Adoga here
1: and solidify a tackle of the future we know that it's a need. I think third round, that's where Troy Blackburn would like to draft an offensive tackle, according to yeah. his quote from the end of the week last week. Uh, but looking around the other positions here, we've picked Kalen Saunders a bunch. He's somebody that we would consider here. Renell Wren, the interior lineman from Arizona State, is someone else we've talked about in this range quite a bit.
0: And to Just, talk about Adoga, I was going to say he from USC, athletic, super athletic. I believe he was a former tight end, and he would probably go higher for a lot of people if he was taller. He's 6'3 and a half. If he weighed more, he's 308, but his arm length is three, four, th- 34 inches and three quarters. So he's got really long arms, and you see it on tape, too, uh, even in run blocking. and. He outlinks guys all the time. Uh, natural athlete needs to get stronger, needs to have a better core. Upper body needs to get stronger. His hands need to be quicker, faster, because they're too far down by his waist at times, which allows him or uh, makes him susceptible to the bull rush. Uh, people would say, it, it sounds like Cedric Aboyi, and I wouldn't disagree because uh, – They would match up in a lot of ways. Really long arms, athlete guys that really need to gain some strength. But taking a guy in the third round versus the first round is a big difference. And I'd roll that dice again to see if you get the right guy.
1: The other thing I wanted to mention about Chuma Doga is we've got this spreadsheet going. And we are using data from Pro Football Focus, from their athletic testing, from our own opinions on size and production. and and, Sorry, size and scouting. size, Size and traits. So for Adoga from Pro Football Focus, he is in the top 25 of draft eligible tackles this year, and and there aren't very many guys that have done this, which is why I'll, I'll point this out. In pass blocking efficiency, and success rate against interior and exterior pass rushing moves, so inside and outside pass rushing moves, and the bull rush, he actually was pretty successful according to the Pro Football Focus metrics.
0: Yep. And His, bull rush can be because if you get your hands on them at the right time, you can absorb some of that power that's that you're being you know given by the defensive Mm lineman
1: he has had some issues run blocking especially in 2018 his run blocking grade took a major downturn according to pff but he's been
0: 9.3 real bad
1: from 77 the previous year his pass blocking grades have been uh sorry steady at an 84 83 the last couple years and really the threshold that you're looking at for pass blocking according to what PFF has told us is 90 so he doesn't quite hit that threshold for production in the NFL but only a few guys really do in this particular draft class and we have picked Max Sharping before so I think here we will go Chuma Adoga I think if you were to take like the best value if Chase Winovich is there it's hard for me to not take Chase Winovich but in terms of fitting an immediate 2020 need Doga. what do you think
0: yeah i agree with that and uh for me he reminds me a lot of calvin beecham who was a mid-round pick and has been a starter for the steelers and the jets for a long time so even at six three and some change but those long arms you know he's probably adoga gets a year to sit maybe even two years and that's probably the situation the Bengals have put themselves in anyways
1: so we'll go Chuma Adoga and let it roll. Juan Thornhill is the very next pick to the New England Patriots. Amani Hooker, another safety we've drafted before, goes to the Washington Redskins at 312. Will Greer goes to the Carolina Panthers, which is interesting to me, at 313. The Browns get Zach Allen, and Chase Winovich goes to the Vikings at 17. So they're all kind of in the range. Those are the guys we were talking about. Yep. And let's see how the rest of the third round goes. Because at this point, are we looking to trade up for
0: someone? No, I wouldn't say that. I think there where the needs are lining up at defensive tackle and tight end and wide receiver, I think there's a lot of depth right here uh, still to go. So there should be someone on the board that can fit our needs.
1: Yeah, and and one temptation for me that I would have liked in the fourth round that I like every... Mock that we've done is Daryl Henderson goes to the Kansas City Chiefs at 328, and that's kind of a
0: fun place for him to go and uh, the yeah. offense. Gary Johnson, linebacker, I like. Amani Aurie, corner, I saw him just mock to the Bengals in the second round, goes in the third here.
1: Kalen Saunders to the Patriots. I think the Patriots are having a really nice draft here. I don't know where they're getting of all these picks, are. but like JJ Arcega, Whiteside, Kalen Saunders. I feel like I saw some other picks from them. They also had Juan Thornhill. They have three third-round picks somehow in this draft.
0: Because they signed guys and let them walk in free agency and collect the picks. Oh, right. We've talked right. about that.
1: They have, yeah, they actually have like five top 100 picks or something this year, right?
0: They're going to be replenished and ready to go. And they're going to get two third-rounders for next year, I think.
1: The Patriots know how to manage the offseason in the NFL. Surprise. Uh, linebacker the Bengals just met with Tavon Coney goes to the Baltimore Ravens at 338 and one thing we didn't mention is the Ravens did offer us two third rounders I think it was 38 and 21 for our eighth pick in the third round we're not trading with Baltimore we're not helping them get better so we decided to turn down the trade because if it was roll. another
0: team we would have probably considered that hard and I think on draft day if Baltimore
1: were to make that kind of offer you probably take it too Yeah, it's third round. So on we go to the fourth. And Joe, we're looking at wide receiver, maybe defensive lineman, maybe somebody in the secondary. Really kind of best player available,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, I would be. I'd be considering every position here, even as far as running back. Uh, So for me, I wouldn't be looking to trade up because I wouldn't be targeting anyone right here. I don't think there's anyone that stands stands out on the board as, we must go up and, and get this guy.
1: And the only guy that goes in the top eight of the round, top seven of the rounds, sorry, that the Bengals have been connected to is Keyshawn Johnson, who the Bengals had a top 30 visit with, the Fresno wide receiver. Christian Miller, the Alabama defensive, uh, defensive lineman. He's an edge player, edge rusher who had limited time at Alabama, but a lot of people think that he might be able to project into an NFL rusher role. Caleb Wilson, the tight end from UCLA, correct? Uh, goes to Oakland yep. at four. So now the Bengals are on the clock here at eight. There's some receivers we like. Gary Jennings from West Virginia. David Sills also from West Virginia. I take either one of those guys. Antoine Wesley's your man. I've talked about Antoine Wesley from Texas Tech. Demarcus Lodge from Old Miss is there as well, who Jalen Heard also. At least one writer from the draft network thinks Demarcus Lodge might be the best receiver out of Ole Miss in three years.
0: Terry McLaurin. We want a uh and a guy who's kind of underachieved but would go with Dwayne Haskins and uh Punk gunner also. That would be, that'd be, I mean, fourth round. I don't mind taking a special teamer. Sure. I fair mean, enough. I think he can help on offense also. But I know what he can do, at least on special teams. He'd be active on Sunday, which is it gets us away from Cody Core.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I know at safety, some people really like Darnell Savage, the Maryland safety. Yeah.
0: I know who I want here. Who do you want? I want Renell Wren, defensive tackle out of Arizona. And he played uh, nose tackle. And you can see he's a much better athlete. I think he's in like the 93rd percentile for defensive tackles where he's tested. And he was, he was a nose tackle for them. Split time. Uh, there was times where he didn't get many snaps at all. And there's going to be some questions of that. I think he could go even later than the fourth round. I wouldn't be surprised if he went in the fifth in the same way that Grady Jarrett did. Grady Jarrett had many of the same questions in terms of snap percentage and playing out of position. But uh, Rennell Wren on on tape has a lot of impressive moments. He's got a lot of moments where he gets washed out. But at Senior Bowl also, he put on a show in terms of power and leverage. And seeing the explosiveness out of him at the Combine and Pro Days are really going to help him. So do you think there's pass rushing outside
1: there, or is this a first down nose tackle pick for you? There probably
0: is because of the way he tested. I don't think it's been used that way. Uh, so there's a little bit of projection there. I think at the very least he's a nose tackle and with maybe more. And in the fourth round, I guess you're not too upset with the nose tackle, right? No, I wouldn't be in the fourth. That's where we took Billings. That's, I mean, that's, yep. that's where you should take your, that's where we got Dometa Echo. It's where you should get your nose tackle. There you go. That does line
1: up with some Bengals history. There is there anyone Looking... else
0: you like though? Will you go to guard real fast just to, before we make this pick or or yeah? Connor McGovern's a fun guy. So is Ryan Bates. Both Penn State guards are really good. So there are some interior
1: linemen that you could look at at this spot, but we're on Rennell Wren. Solidify the interior part of the defensive line. He probably is coming off the bench his rookie year as you would for the fourth round kind of guy, but it fits with the Bengals' history. So, Ronell, Ren it is. And just a note here, the Bengals from 4'8 do not have another pick because we traded up for Mac Wilson until 6'25".
0: That's right. So that that would change your decision-making maybe a little bit here because this is the last pick you can really make of somebody that's going to make an impact. And and that's Ronell, Ren for you right now. Sure. And okay. based on where the board is, I don't I don't mind that.
1: So Ronell Rend it is. Connor McGovern goes just two picks later, one of the guards we were considering from Penn State. And to round out the fourth round, also picked were Dawson Knox, the tight end at 418. Darnell Savage, the Maryland safety we were talking about, goes to Dallas at 426. Dax Raymond to the New England Patriots. Every pick the Patriots have made in this draft I really liked. Uh, Gary Jennings to the Dallas Cowboys at 434. And Justin Lane, the Michigan State corner, to
0: Atlanta at 435. Pretty solid fourth round. We don't have a pick in the fifth round. We'll update you once that concludes if there's any notable selections. And the fifth round is now completed. Some of the guys
1: that I have my eye on for the Bengals were DeMarcus Lodge, wide receiver from Ole Miss, goes at the end of the fifth round. Bember Curvin, Washington linebacker, goes toward the end of the fifth round. Antoine Wesley, the Texas Texas Tech wide receiver, goes to the Philadelphia Eagles at 525. He's a guy that I've compared to Marvin Jones in the pre-draft process. Those are the most notable. Max Sharping... As well, went early fifth. Who went with the pick that we traded? Who did we trade with? Jacksonville. Picked Mike Weber, running, running back. back.
0: Great. Don't feel like I lost anything.
1: So, so on we go into the sixth, letting it run until we get to our pick. Or are we looking to move up here?
0: Well, we didn't have the 10th pick anymore. Um, so we should probably, these six rounders aren't worth much. We should probably just try to fill out the bottom of the roster with Four six rounders remaining in this draft? Sure. just
1: looking at the names that are on the board right now. Isaac Nauda is a tight end that we were interested in before he ran a very slow 40 yard dash. And I mean very slow 40 yard dash, but was a really productive run blocker at Georgia, was productive catching the ball too. So somebody that is at least on the radar here because there is a tight end need. Foster Moreau, can, tight end. Can I draft Tyree well.
0: Jackson and move him to tight end?
1: I mean, if you want to, I guess. We're, we're the general managers today. Yeah, uh, Sion Taki, athletic uh, linebacker from BYU. If you wanted to double dip there, Joe really wants to draft Hunter Renfro. So let's see who is available. Tyree Jackson is no longer available. You cannot move him to tight end. I'm sorry.
0: That's a huge bummer. Greg Dorch, that was the receiver I was going to sell you on this round.
1: We can still talk about him. Sion Taki Takitaki goes. Hunter Renfro goes.
0: Renfro to the Ravens.
1: Drewson. He's going to be their
0: number one receiver within a year.
1: Maybe. Foster Moreau's gone. <laughs> Lamont Gallier's gone. And now we're on the clock. Terry McLaurin's still there. Terry McLaurin.
0: Man, that's an
1: easy pick here. I think so. I'm I am not why he's still there. It could just be the board, the way sure. that we've got it. Because people are talking about him in the third, fourth round for the most part, right? I think so. Came on really strong with Dwayne Haskins, and really so did uh, Paris Campbell. Both of them really stepped up quite a bit when, when Dwayne Haskins started playing. But there is that added bonus of the familiarity for Dwayne Haskins, who we picked in the first round, if you forgot. I don't see another receiver on this top 25 remaining. And looking at the list, there was Penny Hart. Was he the one that just tested really poorly?
0: Yeah, he's going to be like a Jameson Crowder, in my opinion. There's no doubt in my mind he's fast and quick uh, and elusive. I I mean, they couldn't get a hand on him at the Senior Bowl. Tyree Brady's a guy I, I have interest in. Uh, seeing if there's anyone I really other like. No, after Greg Dortch went. Yeah, I'd take Terry McLaurin here. Fuck yeah, he's the top of the board. Terry McLaurin it is. And then
1: we pick again in just 10 picks. Kingsley Kiki. Uh, defensive lineman that we've talked about on the podcast before goes one pick later to the Colts. Hjalte Froholt, whose name I'm sure I'm butchering, is probably silent J. Hjalte Froholt, a guard who was very productive and he's going to be a bit of a project in the NFL, I think. But strong too, right? Yeah, very strong. I think I'm looking at double-dipping in linebacker this way because there are a few sure. names here that I still like. Drew Tranquil in particular for another weak side guy. Joe Giles-Harris is a more of a – I think this is way late
0: for him, even though he didn't test well. Yes. Well, that's probably why he's going to be here. Uh, yeah, Drew Tranquil would be a great special teamer. I mean, we're talking about sixth round here. He's going to, uh, at the very least, be that. Yeah. Corner, Corey Ballantyne, I think, out of Washburn, take another D2 guy in day 3 like they did last year. Mm-hmm.
1: Marquise Copeland for the Cincinnati fans, a defensive lineman from Cincinnati. He actually did great, pretty well from Pro Football Focus. John Kaminsky, uh, yep. interior defensive lineman from Charleston in West Virginia that we've talked about before. Cortez Broughton, the other Cincinnati defensive tackle. Tight ends also we need to be aware of here with this pick. Right. Drew Sample, in-line tight end from Washington. He's the last guy left. we got to take him. I think so. We pick again. Actually, we have several picks in a row here. We can go Drew Sample. So, Drew Sample, talk about Drew Sample
0: a little bit, Joe. Wide tight end, good blocker. Uh, Someone asked us on the mailbag, which, uh, name some wide tight ends. He's definitely one of them to look out for. Very good hands. I think he had one drop pass in three years of production at Washington. So, he's not a tremendous athlete, but you're getting a good blocker with good hands. And to back up Eifert Nuzama, I think that makes a lot of sense. I agree. He is...
1: Not necessarily going to be asked to do a ton in his first year. He is, however, probably in the role in the same mold as some of the other guys. Just right away, he can contribute the way the back of the roster on the Bengals already does contribute, and he has a little bit more upside maybe than some of the other guys at the back of the roster right now, especially for that inline position, which the Bengals really don't have.
0: Yeah, they don't have anyone like that right now.
1: So that was the 37th pick in the sixth round. We come back, we have the 38th pick and the 40th pick. So we have three picks in a tight cluster here at the end. And Drew Tranquil is really the faller at running back that I'm looking at, or sorry, the faller at linebacker that I'm looking at here. Had some injury concerns, but very athletic. Uh, is he another former safety from Notre Dame?
0: Uh, I'm not sure if he played safety or not, but he moves like one at times. And he can get a, caught a little bit out of position. He's kind of like a dog chasing a car. He just is all emotion motion and then just going for it and doesn't really uh, sometimes mind his footing, and it gets him in trouble. But at the same time, it allow- allows him to create plays. And as a sixth-rounder, he's probably going to play special teams. At least at first. So Drew Tranquil, I
1: think there is some upside there. Potential starter if he stays healthy, if he can kind of learn the offense, especially if he plays behind a really good defensive line, which he had in front of him at Notre Dame. Yep. So in the one pick between... Drew Tranquil and our last pick of this mock draft Monday, Justin Hollins goes to the San Francisco 49ers. And Joe, we have taken now looking at the knees just to reset there. We've got a quarterback. We've got a linebacker. We've got a tackle, got an interior lineman, wide receiver, tight end, and we doubled it to linebacker. So we've been all over the place. Looking at the remaining knees, maybe we're looking at a developmental corner, a running back. You have Corey Ballantyne there from Washburn, who you've talked about. Jimmy Moreland way down there. Jimmy Moreland from James Madison, who tested really well
0: at his pro day. I like those D2 guys. I like him on Marshall, too, from USC. But and running backs also we should probably be aware of. And then maybe another offensive lineman just in case. I don't know any of these names. At I know. <laughs> Elijah Whitefield from, uh, from Georgia is the only one, and he tested so bad that it's like, don't even take him now. Yeah. Isaiah Prince. Offensive tackle Ohio State. We can triple dip at Ohio State. He graded well as a as a pass protector or a run blocker. Now I'm confused because I remember one is way more than the other. And we're talking about
1: now the system that Joe and I are developing for offensive tackles. This is where we started. He was a stronger run blocker than pass blocker, That's according right. to the Pro Football Focus. Although was streaky, apparently, as a run blocker. Wasn't necessarily the most consistently successful. Has very long arms, 35.5-inch arms, which we talk about a tackle because it is one of the places where that matters. So very long arms, very long. Three-year player. starter. Was a three-year starter. Had 3,000 snaps in college. Really struggled with the shuttle, running a 5.02. But overall, his athleticism score came
0: in at above average. Yep. I think there's some upside here. I think at the very least he's a good run blocker, and that's has some value. Yeah, it could be your your you
1: know right your, your extra tackle off the bench. Sure. Right now, if you don't like any of your other guys in that spot, and Chumo Adoga is more of a pass protector, so if yeah, you're exactly. if you're looking at double dipping, you would want to diversify. Nate Davis, although this might not be the right Nate that's Davis. Not
0: my Nate Davis. I don't know why they, they keep doing Ball State Nate Davis over here. I don't know who that is. You could just be a, a data input error, to be honest. Well,
1: I'm not taking a guy with a flag like that. Fair enough. <laughs> Lamont Galliard is the only center that we've talked about in the late rounds, and he has been selected as well. Yeah, that's
0: it. Huh? We're not uh, There's not much to go, go by right here. Doesn't really look like it. I mean, we're at the end of the draft, so that's what you would expect. Who I would take is Brett Ripien. I don't know why he's still there at, at quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, if you hear Brett Ripien's name in the second round in, in April, don't be surprised. But I think it's more likely he goes in third, fourth, maybe in fifth round. Interesting. I know Clayton Thorson, who I'm only talking about
1: really because I went to Northwestern University, for some reason apparently has a consensus third round grade. I don't know where that consensus is coming from, but I saw a conversation on Twitter this week. was like, Clayton Thorson in the sixth round. I thought everybody had him in the third. I think the third is a little rich on him. He had an ACL injury after his junior year. He was a two very of them, right.
0: Did he have two? I thought we looked him up one before and that he had one early and then one late. I that should know early in his career. Right. I should know because I've watched a lot
1: of Northwestern football. He was very exciting. He was their one, of, probably their highest regarded high school recruited quarterback ever, and never really put it together. And I think the ACL injuries had a big. Had a big part in that. They That probably cut into his development time quite a bit. So who do you Clayton want here Dorsen. with this
0: pick? Uh, Hunter, go to kicker, punter, who we got? This, I don't, I don't know who want. these guys Cole are. Tracy, LSU.
1: Do you know who he is?
0: No, take a kicker. <laughs> He's a kicker. What do you want me to know about him? He kicks.
1: Joe Slap Happy. I think we're taking Isaiah Prince. That's fine with me. Getting a guy who can come in for your jumbo packages. There's
0: Mike. There's Mitch Hyatt, though, the guy they brought in for a workout from Clemson. Still there in the sixth round. So if you want to know where his value it probably is. There you go. So, Joe, let's summarize
1: who we have drafted here for the fine listeners of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. In the first round at 111, we stayed put and got the falling quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Although the way this draft went and the way these mocks sometimes go, quarterbacks do seem underdrafted, honestly, in these, in these simulators right now because there wasn't another first round quarterback. The next quarterback selected was, I believe, Drew Locke. Yeah. And that was in 224.
0: Yeah. They Looking... all went a little bit later. But really what we're doing here is giving this team the chance to hit the reset button. With new coaches, typically comes new quarterback. Uh, even if Dalton balls out, then you still have him for another year and, or you could trade him. So uh, that would be beneficial to the Bengals if he did ball out at this point after drafting uh, a Dwayne Haskins.
1: And Dwayne Haskins has things to work on. We've talked about some of his sideline accuracy, throwing on the run. I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever be good at it, but he could practice it for a year, maybe with an
0: NFL. Maybe if he gets some mechanics coaching there. Especially, look how um, much Dalton was helped with Alex Van Pelt. So you can yeah. be here with him going off script is an issue. Honestly, I, I compare Dwayne Haskins to Derek Carr, which Derek Carr is very similar to Andy Dalton. Uh, I when I wrote my scouting report for the Athletic, I wrote. He may be the best quarterback prospect in this draft, but he's definitely not the, the most fun. And that's because he's just going to run his system, do his job, and rely on the players around him to be uh, the special playmakers.
1: And occasionally he will throw an outstanding, beautifully placed ball over the middle of the field. That is on tape all over the place. In the second round, yeah, we traded up, up for Mac Wilson. We My gave up, Alabama. gave up a fifth and our first sixth. So that does kind of limit you, as we saw, as we played this out on day three. But we got the second tier linebacker before there's too much of a fall off. Mack Wilson is a
0: guy who can probably
1: come in and contribute in year one if he has to.
0: That's right. That weak side linebacker. He's probably, I think he's your starting week side linebacker. I don't know if he is your nickel guy from day one. It's probably still Preston Brown and Nick Vigil, but I could see a scenario where they see Wilson as an asset and they want to put Vigil and Wilson out there.
1: He can take over there at least. In the third round, we come back and address the offensive line, getting a guy who could probably start in the future, but now we're not expecting a drafted to tackle to start in year one. So Chuma Adoga will have some time to develop a tackle from USC. Graded pretty well from Pro Football Focus. Had uh, you know, has had a solid offseason, good length, good size. Yep. In the fourth round, nose tackle, Rennell Wren from Arizona State, who maybe was used out of position a little bit there, might have some pass rushing upside, but you can't really rely on him for that if you're drafting him in the fourth round. So can maybe I don't know if he's active, if if Billings is healthy. Maybe he's the third defensive tackle. You think he's active sure. right now?
0: I don't know. If Glasgow's healthy, I think is really the um right. the question, right? You know, if Glasgow's healthy then Ren's probably the fourth guy. Defensive linemen normally take a year, and especially interior guys. So yeah. yeah, he may be inactive this year. And that's the thing with Adoga and Ren, the two picks we put, we they may not help at all in 2019. But and Haskins may not either. Uh, but the idea is that you're taking guys that have some upside. And Bengals fans might hate, you know, the
1: guys not helping right away. But a lot of Bengals fans are also Ohio State fans, and they gotta love our sixth, our first sixth round pick at the end of the sixth round, Terry McLaurin from Ohio State wide receiver.
0: Yep, quick, got a chip on his shoulder. He runs really crisp routes. He's got some speed to him. He's tough, Uh, and he can't be blocked as a punt gunner, which is excellent in the sixth round because he's going to be active. We're not sure the other two guys are previous to this. Terry McLaurin will be active.
1: And he's somebody that could go a lot earlier, right?
0: Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if McLaurin was in the third round. I think there's a chance it's probably fourth round because of the production, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he went much earlier than this.
1: It is a pretty deep class to wide receiver, so give the class some credit there for potentially pushing Terry McLaurin down. He'll probably go a little bit earlier than this, but if he does, then there's a good chance, a decent chance anyway, that the depth at wide receiver could lead to a potentially good prospect in the sixth round somewhere. Coming back with the next three six round picks, we go Drew Sample, tight end from Washington, the only real inline guy left, and the only guy with really solid production left. Yeah,
0: it didn't have to be an inline guy here. It just, when we looked at it, there was really almost nobody left at tight end
1: that we were interested in. And it's it ends up being a good fit, too, right? Because the Bengals have a bunch of guys who aren't inline guys. Yeah. So it ends up working out pretty well there. Drew Tranquil with the next pick athletic linebacker from Notre Dame has a chance to play special teams can develop and see if he can stay healthy see if he can get on the field as a more athletic linebacker these last three
0: picks all help and play special teams and are active probably
1: probably the the, the most athletic linebacker on the team right away for Drew Tranquil. that's
0: fair to say Haskins maybe on tape yeah I mean not Haskins I'm sorry Mike Wilson on tape uh definitely has the athleticism but didn't test that way
1: then to finish it out, we took Isaiah Prince, offensive tackle from Ohio State, did not grade great from pro football focus as a pass blocker, but did grade out pretty well as a run blocker, which is hard to do, I think, in the pro football focus system.
0: Yeah. When you look at it, it's like almost everyone is either average or below and he was good and good. especially what two years ago, it was really good. So uh, or was that this year? I don't remember which table we were looking at, but either way, he had a very high grade one year as a run blocker.
1: Yeah, in 2017, he was, out of this draft class, the best-graded run blocker by Pro Football Focus. And And it's not even close. It's not. And this year, he's still in that top five for run blocking grades, right up there with Jawan Taylor, Jonah Williams. um, And there's one other name here that stood out, Joe Lowry, the offensive tackle from Ohio that we've talked about. The reason that we didn't talk about Joe Lowry today is because he came in with 32-and-a-half-inch arms.
0: Yep, that's a bummer. That's a non-starter for most tackles. Uh, if if you do end up playing tackle, it's because you need them, and if they hold on to a job, then great. But it's very rare to be under 33 and play tackle.
1: So I'm sure, Bengals fans, you will get into our mentions and tell us what you think about this mock draft Monday.
0: Three Ohio State players.
1: Three Ohio State players. The Ohio State fans should be happy that they get to continue to follow these players, all offensive players too for the Bengals. What would you give this as a grade right away, Joe? What's your snap judgment?
0: Huh? You know what? It would be, let's say they did this and I wasn't me making these picks. I would have some reservations about Haskins. I would have some reservations about Wilson. I would have some, honestly, I'd have some reservations about the entire draft. I think they got a lot of guys that uh, can help them. I think they got a lot of guys that are future picks and it would all hinge on if mac wilson can step in and play well in 2019 and if dwayne haskins ends up being their next franchise quarterback even if he's very similar to dalton he's at a fraction of the cost which helps them get the get the opportunity to reset rebuild and make a run at it again exactly and that's the idea with any quarterback
1: draft i think trading up for wilson made things tricky too uh, this is this is what happens every time you know, there's not a defensive player, at least at the first ra- in the first round. It always gets a little weird.
0: Yeah. They're in a bad spot. I don't like picking at 11. The more we do it, before I used to like it, and then the guys I liked that I thought could be there have great combines or great pro days, and now they're not there anymore. And then the quarterbacks, you don't fall in love with any of them. So And then they signed Bobby Hart, so all the tackles are thrown off the desk. And I'm just – now I don't like picking at 11. I'd rather pick at 16, but then with so many day three picks – What's the value of adding your 12th and 13th pick potentially?
1: Yeah, what if they find a way to, you know, they, they trade back in the early rounds and trade up on day two. So trade back in, in the first round to add some picks. And then, you know, the ideal scenario is It would be aggressive you, for them, right? Yeah, but, you know, there's a world in which that makes sense. They have five, six-round picks, as we've, as we've talked about a lot. So if they move back in the first and pick up, say, a third and a fifth, Like you talked about the Arizona comparison, then maybe they move up in the fourth or, or, you know, trade out, trade out of the fifth altogether to get back into the third. And then you have five picks in the top three rounds instead of five picks in the sixth round.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's what a good and savvy front office would probably do. That would that would take a lot of management, and I don't. I mean, we we've seen the
1: Bengals be more active in the last few years in draft day trades, but not going up and down and up and down and, and you know flipping picks as it were. That'll do it for us here for this mock draft Monday. We'll see you for the rest of the week, Bengals fans. Let us know what you think about this mock draft, and have a great day.